get this straight, Meatball. I don't work for Jones. So what's his problem? Toon killed his brother. What? Huh? Dropped the piano on his head. You had plenty money, 1922. You let other women make a fool of you. Why don't you do right? Like some other men. Welcome Toon Patrol to Geek Salad episode 164, the Nakatomi Family Christmas. In July. <laughs> I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are here to talk about the uh, 30th anniversary of the movies of 1988. And it was a chock full one. Jesus yeah. Christ, there was a lot of movies on here. A lot of really good movies, actually. There were a lot of good movies. And there's we also... say that every year. Yeah, well, we do say that. <laughs> But here's a funny thing, too. I mean, just looking at this list, uh, most specifically starting with some of the stuff that uh, Catherine's husband brought up, there were some real camp classics on this, too. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, until... Camp yeah. classics with a K. Stuff you don't think about <laughs> until somebody mentions it. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So kicking in with our social media feedback, why don't we start with uh, Catherine's husband, Joe, um, who brought up, uh, starting with words that are, are misspelled with a K, killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> I remember hearing a lot about this movie and finally having seen it and being like, that's it? Thoroughly unimpressed? Thoroughly unimpressed. And I had, you know, you know, you hear about this, it's like, oh man, that's really punk rock. It isn't. Nah. At all. It, it was spoken of in whispered hushed tones, like, you know, on a, on a similar, le- similar level as uh, The Toxic Avenger. Yep. Oh, oh God, there's another oh, one. Wow. And I don't think that uh, Killer Clowns is actually a trauma release, is it? No, it's not. I don't believe so. There's some people. It was just a bad release. Have, have you seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I've seen enough. Enough. Catherine, have you seen, I'm sure you've seen it, right? Killer Clowns from, from Outer, Outer Space. Space? I don't believe so. It, 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 it was actually on the other day. I was flipping through the channels. I forgot what channel it was. And he's probably either like sci-fi or Spike. Spike still? Anyways. <laughs> it came across... <laughs> And it, and it has that very 80s special effects look to it. No, it's just the very special. Very special effects. And like, special in like the not-so-PC like, way of yeah. talking about special. No, we're talking like short bus special, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't really help that I'm mildly afraid of clowns. Oh, okay. Oh, no, this is... Yeah, this is <laughs> Most people are, really. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And the sick thing is, too, is that it doesn't really help either that... You, you're terrified of clowns because they're spooky, otherworldly beings. And then you go to college and realize that they're all serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> like bodies in the backyard serial killers. <laughs> Let's move yeah. on. Joe, well, Joe says there's, he has nothing pithy to say about an all-time horror film that cemented fear of clowns for a generation. <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, most of us already had that Im- embedded fear embedded, of clowns right, to begin yeah. with from childhood. This just didn't make them any better because now they're aliens. <laughs> because they're from outer space! And how many years later uh, did we get the uh, TV version of it? Le- the next uh, year. Two years. Was it? 90. I thought it was 89. 90. Oh, 90. 
I distinctly remember being 90. Don't shoot me on that. Um, all right, so next up on Joe's mentions. Oh, the John Carpenter classic, They Live. Origin of one of the most iconic one-liners of all time. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This is back when we thought Roddy Piper was going to be a really great actor and have this amazing movie career, and it never panned out. Which is too bad, because that movie was actually not bad. He was fantastic he was in that movie. He did an movie. awesome job in that movie. And it was great, too, because he wasn't trying to play a wrestler. He's just some dude who happens upon glasses. Well, I think part, well, I think part of it, too, is like he... He always came off as he was, he was always the heel in the, in WWF. So it's yeah. like you, you can't see, you can really couldn't see him as a hero, even though he did a great job in this movie as the hero. Right? Yeah, quite quite a good one. And um, the thing I remember most about this one is when is the South Park episode Cripple. Fight. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Cripple fight! Shot for shot remake. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another one that Joe brought up was uh, the Ron Howard uh, George Lucas collaboration Willow. I noticed, I, I noticed he didn't include the word classic in that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I love Willow. By the way, uh, our friends Team Day at Ape Cod mentions that Willow, the movie George Lucas made because he couldn't secure the rights to Tolkien. It was a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. It did. You know, set a path for short people in fantasy movies. And and well, there, there weren't just like the sidekick or the clown or the jester. He was the hero. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that's that was true. that was kind of a, a a new and unique thing. Yeah. A very progressive. The the funny thing about that movie is when you go back and watch it like years later when you're you know in your early to mid forties, um, <laughs> and you're streaming off a showbox because your wife isn't hankering to watch it, um, you notice just how freakishly large Warwick Davis's hands are. <laughs> you're like, people hands. They were not in proportion with the rest of his well, body. He's, he's that type of. He's a dwarf. Little, yeah, he's, he's a dwarf. That type of little person where he's a full size head and full size hands. Right. But you know, having full size hands allows you to do sleight of hand a little easier. That's yep. true. It is. The funny thing is, though, is I can't unsee that now. <laughs> the hands. He's always looking at the yeah. hands. I just remember this movie is beautiful looking, but the special well, effects course. have aged terribly. Especially the stuff with Kevin Pollock as oh like God, the little yeah. guy. That's right. Yeah. Hello, Blue Screen. It was 88. What you, would you want? It was five years after Return of the Jedi. You'd think Lucasfilm... Uh, it would have figured that out. I, you'd, think, you'd think ILM would have kind of progressed with since then. I remember watching the special of the, the behind the scenes, how they did all that. So even when I watched it 8,000 times on HBO, I was like, I'm, that was, I remember when they showed us how they did that. And I remember how they showed us when they did that. Yeah. So, and then lastly on uh, Joe's list, Grave of the Fireflies. Anime. He says, anime shouldn't be moving people. It definitely shouldn't be depressing. And yet, and oh, yet it works. It if is. You give, giving you the sniffles is working, that is. It, no, it is incredibly depressing. I saw it once and I couldn't, I, I can only watch it. I once. actually watched this thing. Uh, some, a guy I follow on YouTube, uh, film, uh, Mikey's Film Joy, mm-hmm. actually went over uh, animated films you need to see. And this was this, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Carol Parflies, I. I I noted down that because sometimes you need a reminder that the world is a dark and joyless place. And it is. I mean, this movie was so dark and depressing that when they released it in theaters in Japan, they had to do it as a double bill with another Ghibli film, My Neighbor Totoro. Right. Because that movie is just pure joy and fun and happiness. 
and they had to show that after this yeah. because be, otherwise people were just going to kill themselves. Attention, please. Please note the exits on both sides of the theater, and please empty all sharp objects from your pockets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Mike Cicerone brings up Midnight Run. A classic. I, I think love this, is, this movie. I remember, and this will not be one of, this will be one of many comments I make about the uh, the time I spent a week in California oh, in the summer of 1988 uh, with my Uncle David. Um, and we saw the billboard for Midnight Run, and it had De Niro with Charles Grodin over his shoulder. And um, in the description of kind of the story, the they actually use the actor's names and not the character's names. Oh, and my Uncle David looks at it and goes, that's a sign this is going to be a really shitty movie. Nope. Nope, it wasn't. I was so happy to uh, to discover otherwise. I think this is this is definitely Martin Brest's last good film. Well, I mean, this is also like this was like Bobby De Niro's like first attempt, real attempt at comedy, at yeah. comedic acting. He pulled because nobody really thought. No, I never really thought he'd be able to pull it off. No, it like oh, you he know, never saw Brazil. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. Fantastic, but he Brazil. wasn't very De Niro like in Brazil, as compared to like the character he plays in. So, in, in, so in Midnight Run. Run, so he was a different kind of person. Whereas in Midnight Run, he's playing a De Niro character, but in a comedy. Right, Run. exactly. Right, oh, like, okay. he was playing. I he, haven't seen Midnight Run. It's basically he's like parodying everything that people think about what Bobby De Niro is. Kind of like in um, how, what was that one with Billy Crystal? Uh, analyze this. Yeah, yeah, and then analyze that. Well, we don't talk about that one. No, we don't. We never talk about that one. <laughs> so, uh, Mike also brings up, I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh, God. <laughs> there was, like, this rash of, like, parody exploitation movies. This was, one, this was one of the Wayans ones, right? Yes, yeah, the Wayans one. Because uh, for a while I confused this one with Hollywood Shuffle, which I think yes. came out the year before in 87. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to get you, sucker, is kind of like an airplane version of... Every black exploitation film, yeah, known to man. Um, I can never rem- forget those pimp shoes with the goldfish with in them. the goldfish in them. Yes, Huggy Bear from uh, mm-hmm. Starsky and Hutch. And it was great too because he's getting teased as he's, he's yeah. like, yeah, and he's, he's trying to like, get away from it. He breaks them and because <laughs> he thinks he's still, you know, he's still he's yeah. the big pimp daddy of the neighborhood. Everybody's kind of moved on from the seventies. Yep. So yeah, that's a fun movie. Um, there was that one character is like the Black Power guy, who like ate nothing but beans. Like, would you like some bean soda? Would you like and, a bean pie? And then at the first ch- at the first sign of conflict, he, he kind of withers it away. Yep. Okay. What else does Mike have on here? He's got Eight Men Out. Good baseball movie. That is a good baseball mm. movie. Eight Eight was a pretty good year for baseball movies. Um, Eight Men Out is an interesting story because I think it's. It's ha- it handles the the Chicago Black Sox scandal really really well. Yeah, I mean it's a, it was a very kind of kind of really a big black eye on America, you know, on baseball America's pastime. Yeah, exactly. You know, and for this movie to come out at the height of like Reagan's America, Reagan's America, and this was the year before Pete Rose got yeah. suspended. So so too, people so, so people it was, it was, it was uh, baseball was still America's pastime. It was right. still you know everybody had saw it through rose colored glasses. And then this movie comes out, and it's like, oh. <laughs> right. Um, he also brings up Dominic and Eugene, which if you're not familiar with it, this is back in the late 80s when you could really go full retard in a movie and oh, think you're going to win an Oscar oh, from I it. Oh, I remember, yeah. This is with uh, Tom Hulse and yes. uh, Ray Liotta. Oh, God. 
Um, he also brings because uh, of course Mike brings this one up. Dead, Dead heat. heat. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Piscopo and oh. um, who's the other guy? It's a guy with like three names who was probably big in like the late seventies, early eighties. You're looking at, I gotta look, look it up. up. I gotta look it up. Um, where Piscopo was the wisecracking cop, and his partner was killed, and then he's revived as kind of like a zombie <laughs> who still fights crime. Did you find it? Sounds like a Jim Belushi thing. Jim it's, or Joe? No, Joe. This is Joe Piscopo. No, 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 no. Joe, which which Belushi Jim Belushi is the shitty Belushi. Oh, John okay. was the one, the awesome Belushi that. Uh, that died of a massive cocaine overdose. Yeah, because this, because didn't hasn't I think it's Jan Michael Vincent. Oh God! See, I told you it was three names. Yeah. All right, everybody's all American. A movie that was made to win Oscars and won nothing. <laughs> now, I gotta say, I I worked for seven years in in the movie cat in movie section of Circuit City. Yeah. And Mike Cicerone keeps naming off movies that I have never You've never carried, yep. I remember these primarily because of um, Adopt-A-Video when I worked there. These were like, these were rentals that would just show up and people might like, is this any good? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Um, He also brings up Bloodsport because any man born in the mid to late 70s. Has to, has to have seen Bloodsport at least 15 times. Uh, Whereas we like to call it the good Van Damme movie. Yes, it does exist. Yes. Who the biggest Chinese man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've honestly, I've never seen Bloodsport. Really? I've never seen Bloodsport. When it was popular, I had zero interest in seeing it. I mean, at this point now, I may just watch it for shits and giggles. If we ever do like a martial arts show... Then of course they may have to watch it, but <laughs> and then Mike also brings up Maniac Cop. Of course he does. Of course he does. It's direct to video. It's a uh, cop killed in the line of duty, comes back, fights crime. Maniac I liked it last year when it was called RoboCop. So so a whole bunch of a bunch of cops die and come back and fight, continue fighting crime. Yes. Did, yeah. Was Dead Heat like a spoof, supposed to be a spoof on Red Heat, which also came out the same year? No, no, God, if only. Speaking of Jim Belushi, Jim, uh, Mike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that was Red Heat, Red Heat and Schwarzenegger. And Schwarzenegger. Yes, that was Arnold. Like, oh God, that's like one of the forgotten Arnold movies. He plays the stoic Russian, and Jim Belushi is the slovenly Chicago cop because <laughs> ah, Pedestroika. It's almost like Trump was directing this movie. Oh, God. Look how huge the Russians are compared to these stupid Americans. Mr. President, you're not supposed to say that. What? I I didn't say that. I said they weren't stupid Americans. Oh, it's timely now. Um, (laughs) The thing is, uh, with the eight men out, yeah. The next year, they came up with Field of, Field of Dreams. Yes, they did. Which is essentially Which the redemption story. The redemption yeah. story, yeah. It's like, oh, you can still believe in baseball. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to that next year, Mike. Oh, boy. <laughs> am I chopping at the bit to talk about that one next year? <laughs> I, I, I'm getting that. I'm getting All that right. vibe That's from you, Daddy. That's one of my favorite movies. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. So, Mike's girlfriend, Jonna. Hey, Jonna. Brings up Hairspray. The original. The original. original. John Waters. Original John Waters. Hairspray. I have to state that because it was a movie turned into a musical. Turned into, turned a, movie. into a movie musical. Wasn't that a live movie musical? Then they did the live one, yes. Uh, they yeah. did that with producers too, right? Yeah. yeah, they did that with the producers too. They haven't done producers on TV because you can't. 
But um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hairspray was one of these movies that because I was, it was at a certain age where I just didn't care. You yeah. could have been at the age, Catherine, where it might have been like. No, everybody at, at, in, at my age at that time was into Dirty Dancing. Oh dear! Still, back in, back still, in yes. still, yes. <laughs> wow! Couldn't tell the baby boomers are still running the industry at that point, huh? <laughs> um, Jonna also brings up Heather's, which we clarified on this. Heather's is listed on IMDb and That's Wikipedia 89. as being a release of 1988. It was not released until 1989. Friend of the show, David Klein, brought that up. Wide release in 1989. Wide release in 89. It was released on the film festival circuit for 1988. Um, so we'll save most of it for next year for its wide release. But I will say it, it became a very much a cult favorite. It was yes. a high school in our, in classic. High, in, high school, in, our high school, in high school, it was a cult classic. Yep. Yeah. Fuck Me Gently with the Chainsaw was something that we would just I, say. Every uh, every time you're walking Scott down the Richardson. hallway. Oh my God, Scott. Scott <laughs> Richardson. That was his. And now, hard to believe, later on he came out of the closet. I couldn't Scott, believe Richards, it was. Richards. Richards. Yeah, sorry. Scott, Scott, it was staring at us in the face the entire time. Oh, we time. knew. Everybody Hard knew. to believe. Anyway, yeah. yeah, we were but shocked. You, was, we were but shocked. that was his thing. Since the first time you saw him do the Vogue dance, because we he were had it memorized. Sh- yeah, we yeah. were shocked. Shocked when he came out. I just like, didn't yeah, think okay. that they made fat gay guys at that time. You know, you, <laughs> did, you didn't know back then, because you thought that they were all, you know. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. No, but You thought a, they were all Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For 1988, for 1988, I was not as enlightened as I am now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was his thing. He was like, fucking gently with a chainsaw. Yep. Wow, I gotta watch this movie, and I watched that. I watched the shit out of that movie. But the thing is, it was it was universal across the board. Yeah, like either it wasn't Heather's wasn't like set to just one click, and everybody loved everybody it. It loved like, it. Now, here's the thing: has anyone gone back and watched it recently? No, not, not recently. recently. I didn't actually get. To I kind of grew. I kind of grew out of it. About it. I kind of grew out of it like at some point year. in college. Yeah, and it was like holy. Yeah, I, I grew out of it, Mike. I can't year imagine it's aged well. No. Have you seen it, Mike? No. You have to embrace okay. your inner goth to enjoy it. Yeah, kind I, of. I, yeah. I just, I just know, I know how it ends, though. The problem is, every time I, I think of, of Heather's, I just think of that song, "Teenage Suicide." Don't do it. Um, <laughs> kind of also brings up Oliver and Company, the token Disney release of the year, uh, and a, not all the re-releases that, uh, that Joe that brought a, up. That was a good one, though. That I, was a good one. We it enjoyed was a, talking about it when we did yeah, the Disney yeah, show. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of the forgot. It kind of the forgotten. It's the Disney. it's the one before Little Mermaid. The Mermaid, the kind yeah. of the Renaissance. It was. Well, oh no no no! It was yeah. Um, it was it was before the quote unquote Renaissance. Yeah, the Rescue Down Under was after. Maybe. After but yes. They've got a lot of great voices on the show, and they've got a lot of great songs. Yep. Billy Joel. Billy mm-hmm. Joel. I mean, yeah. This is still on our list for our. We we're, we've made a plan of watching every Disney and official Disney animated movie. Before we go to Disney World next year, and we still need to watch Oliver and Company, <laughs> and it's not available on Showbox. Actually, I have to like go to the said, library. It's, it's the forgotten Disney. Yeah. All right, and then do you want to pull up John's story here? Yeah, because it's, it's actually great pretty funny. Story. It is funny about the Last Temptation of Christ. I forgot that. Oh, out by the way, before I, I go into that real quick, I just got to pull up um, that Steve had brought up something about the Last Passion, uh, the Last Temptation of Christ. The Passion wishes it had drummed up as much controversy as The Last Temptation of Christ. And this, I remember, this was way controversial. Go ahead, Mike. Um, this yeah. is from Jonna. Yeah, Jonna, reads, Jonna wrote, 
It was the 1980s and Satanism lurked in every daycare D&D game and Black Masked album. Well, Back Masked album, sorry. So what could what could be more wholesome and, and, and the antithesis to all that than a movie about Jesus, right? Wrong. <laughs> the Last Temptation of Christ came out and dared to posit that Jesus, the man, was a man and had sex. And every fundy in the U.S. of A lost their minds. My mom took me to see it, and frankly, despite being a teen and there being the idea of sex, I fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> it was that great. But that year, I flew back to the Midwest to see my grandmother. My uber-religious aunt picked me up at the airport and was driving to grandma's and was listening to some religious program on the radio. The radio pastor started ranting and raving about the last temptation in Christ and how horrible and sinful and sacrilegious it was, despite, of course, never having seen it. None of the people condemning it ever saw it. And my aunt caught up and huffed, caught up, huffed at, huffed, huffed to me that about, wasn't it terrible such a thing? I looked up from my book and replied, I don't know, I saw it and thought it was kind of boring. (laughs) My aunt was so shocked and appalled that any relation of hers had seen the movie that she suffered sort of a full body spasm. Then the steering wheel jerked hard and we wound up in a ditch. That's how the last temptation of Christ almost caused me to be in a single vehicle auto accident. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is Flick's mom on the other side of the phone. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I remember this was a bit. I remember watching it and being like, "Okay." I was thoroughly unimpressed. It's a good Scorsese movie, and the soundtrack actually is amazing. Peter Gabriel did it. Did the yeah, yeah. I should say I was thoroughly unimpressed by the controversy. It's like okay, big deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know that Rob Tapper pinched the way they decided to crucify the the, the camera angles of crucifying Jesus and used that when crucifying Zena. Ah, oh, so I know that. And that was Willem Dafoe, right? Yes. 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 Yep. He With uh, David Bowie as Pontius Pilate. Okay, now I have to see this movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the funniest thing ever. I think it was I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch this and then Life of Brian. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the Goblin King. All right. <laughs> Chris Marrera brings. He's not, the, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> now I will say, Chris brought up a whole bunch of movies that will actually we're going to be talking about in a little bit because they made it to the top ten box office. Yeah. So Chris, if I lift left them out, that's why. Um, Chris also brings up Stand and Deliver. Because you got to help these teens. Oh, that's right. Yeah. God. Yep. Never heard of it. Biloxi Blues? I've heard of it. It's a Neil Simon... Um, yeah, Biloxi Blues is great. Standard Liver, that's the one with um, Edward James almost, right? Yes. Yes, where he... The baseball has to get t- He has to has reach these teens. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only Standard Deliver I know is... Um, uh, Adam Ant? No, no, no. Monty Python. Ah. Oh, yes. Uh, the, yeah, Dennis Moore. Yeah. Standard Deliver. Hand over all your lupins. Biloxi Blues is a Neil Simon play that got turned into a movie with um, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick, yep. Broderick yep. And is Walken the... Yes, Walken is the drill sergeant in it. The funniest line I remember from that is... And it, they put it in the trailer, so the rest of the movie is just garbage after that. <laughs> um, he's in the line in the mess hall. Yeah. And they, they just fill his plate with... His, his tray with stuff. And he's like, I've seen this before. Gorillas were throwing each other right at the zoo. <laughs> That's not the only... I love... This is hot. This is Africa hot. Tarzan couldn't take this kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, Chris. Aqua Velva. Ah, yes. All yes, the guys sir. smell like Aqua Velva. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, this is a it's a fun movie. It yeah. is a fun movie. It's a Neil Simon play, and Matthew. And Potter wasn't it part was, of like a truly like yes, yes. Uh, yes. Beach memoirs? Yes. There's another one. Yep. Um. All right. So both Chris and Matt Jones brought up a fish called Wanda. Look, it's Ken coming to kill me. This. This was another cult classic. Oh, I love this oh, yeah. movie. Everybody now, loved this. Or, I should say, everybody in our group in high school loved this. Oh, not yeah. just not just our group in high school. I met people like outside our. Everybody group. I know. Everybody. There, there, I don't know anybody who hates this movie. Yeah, Let's just put it that think way. It's a cult classic as much as it's just a classic. People love this movie. Kevin Klein deserved this. Oscar. Oh, he deserved yeah. it. He, he earned that he earned fucking it. thing. What is this hump of limey week suddenly? Otto doesn't approve. Oh yeah. Otto might get jealous. Mm. E molto pericoloso, signorina. Molto pericoloso. Carissima. <laughs> oh, speak it, speak it! A nostro buco milanese mm. con piseri. Mm. Melanzane. Mm. Parmigiana. Mm. Con spinaci. Oh. He is so brilliant as Otto in this it's like, movie. It's like a Monty. It's a Monty Python movie without being a Monty Python. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I almost thought that they got like Terry Jones might have directed it, but yeah, right. no, it's Charles Christian, Christian, who essentially didn't really direct it. Cleese directed it, but yeah. yep. didn't want to look like he directed. it. He wrote the screenplay. Oh, that's oh god, I gotta, I gotta watch Please. this movie again. This yes. is there's again. This one is aged poorly, but it's still the jokes hold up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love the bit with. Uh, Michael P- Ken, 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 having to kill the one, the old woman, and manages to kill all five oh of her dogs. dogs first, and he feels so, so bad about it because he's an animal lover. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, I mean, even Jamie Lee Curtis is pretty good in this movie. Yes, but uh, funnier than she, than you would think she would be. Exactly. Exactly. Considering, um, considering that she was really the one who had the straight role right. in the entire movie. Yeah. Everybody else in the movie is just... Going to, going to hell. No, why would I call you stupid, Otto? That's an insult to stupid people. Because <laughs> <laughs> Otto was stupid. <laughs> the London Underground was not a... Was, it was not a subway. <laughs> um, Chris also brings up Scrooged. Oh, oh, I yes. forgot this movie. We, we, we just discussed this for a while. We discussed this at Christmas, Christmas time. Yeah. There's not a whole lot more to say about it other than they ran out of cocaine 15 minutes before the movie ended. It is, yeah, yeah, basically. It is, it is in my top three of favorite Christmas movies of all time. It's a, it's it's a, a good, fun it's movie. A fun it's, movie. It's, it's a great Bill yeah. Murray movie. Um, all right. Eric Mickelson brings wait, wait, up wait. the... Oh, no. sorry. We forgot Rayman. Well, no, we no, we don't. We don't. Oh. No, we're not. No, you we're... forgot to highlight it so that we. Knew yeah, I, my apologies. Right. Yes, that's that's yes. my fault. Eric Mickelson brings up the Land Before Time, otherwise known as the Land Before Time, the good one. <laughs> yeah. Because all those straight-to-video movies are fucking garbage. garbage. Yeah. I'm sure they are. Oh, I worked at Suncoast. There's your there's your Suncoast uh, mention for the show. It's garbage um, water. Every year there would be a new one out, and it was oh. just like. I think I feel my spinal fluid dripping out of my ears right now. <laughs> this one, this one has some big tear moments. Yep, especially in the beginning. I think I've seen I've seen enough of this to say I've seen the whole thing once, just cobbled together. <laughs> I think we watched it with my parents way back when. Uh, well, eighty-eight or after. 
probably on actually would have been after because it would have been on VHS. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if it VHS is over there somewhere. Oh my goodness. Oh Jesus. I'm not gonna have you dig for it. I got this I got the storage trilogy on VHS. Right I there. see, I have that too at home. Yeah. The widescreen too. Oh yes. That's how, that's how it's supposed to be. Quite. Yes. Alright. Um Connie Azevedo brings up Mystic Pizza. This was Julia Roberts, right? This is Julia yeah. Roberts in a supporting role. No. Didn't she get a nominee? No, no. It was still Magnolia. That's next oh. year. Um, has anyone actually eaten at the real Mystic Pizza in Mystic, Connecticut? I've only been Not the real one. We oh, went... God. Is there like a Bubba Gump shrimp version of... Uh... I think so. We went We went to another pizza place that was higher rated on Yelp. <laughs> Good. Yelp. When I worked for Dish Network, we had, this, we, we had a, a, a team meeting in Mystic, Connecticut... And for dinner, they took us out to Mystic Pizza. And then we all got sick. Oh. Every single one of us got sick. No, I, I very much... The, the place that we went to that was rated higher on Yelp was very tasty. Yeah. Good pizza. Um, and then Matt Jones, friend of the show, and appeared on our show earlier this year, brings up Alien Nation. Oh, I forgot this do movie Do you remember Alien out. Nation? I do. Yeah, that was that. Well, I mostly remember it because it sprung out a... Uh, what, two or three season, uh Two seasons on Fox. Yep. This James Conn. James Con. Yeah, James Conn and Mandy Patinkin. Steve Day brings up that um, I'm a little surprised Mandy Patinkin didn't reprise his role for the TV series so we could abandon it after season three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you'd stay on that long, huh? Yeah. That, that was shown on heavy rotation in the early days of Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, yeah. my. Well, the movie or the TV the show? The TV show. Oh, man. Heavy rotation, like every single day. Yeah, that, I, yeah. The, earlier in the day, they showed uh, Dark Shadows every single day. Yeah, yeah. This mo- this movie is one of those movies that, um, just like I remember, it came out. It kind of came and went. Yeah, but it was a video store fixture. Yeah, forever. It was a video store fixture. Um, Matt also brings up Shoot to Kill, Tom Berenger, and I think Sidney Poitier. I saw this once and have vague mm-hmm. memory of liking it a lot. But again, that was during the video store days. Trying to blank. Yeah, and uh, finally, Matt brings up Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Mm. This is a great movie. Steve Martin and Michael Caine. Yes, what a brilliant pairing! You would think that they would be a brilliant pairing. Yes, yes. <laughs> the the the, four, the, four, the, the scene four. <laughs> where he is playing Rupert. <laughs> Excuse me, may I go to the bathroom first? Of course you may. Thank you. <gasps> <laughs> oh, there's so much great stuff. You need to drop that one in there. That is hilarious. It's just such a. It is so. There's so much great stuff in there. And you know, you know, what actually, is really funny in this movie. Ian McDermott plays um, Michael Caine's butler. What, as in the emperor? The emperor. Really? Plays wow. his butler. And there's this great bit at the end where uh, Freddy, Steve Martin's character, has been staying with him for a few days. And he's like, I'm very sorry about your video set recorder. And he just looks at me and says, shut up. So it's just like the, the line delivery was just perfect. <laughs> Definitely. That, this one has aged really well, considering. Yes, it has. Considering yes. Uh, 1988 release. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that guys, thank you everyone social media wise for Yes, thank you. Thank you everything. So now Hi Aunt Connie! Hi Aunt Connie! Now we bring up the top ten. 
Every yeah, year we bring up the top ten movies. Uh, this is domestic releases. Uh, how much they made in 1988 dollars. <laughs> and our thoughts on them. So we're starting with number ten. Raking in $73.7 million. Beetlejuice. Only say it the once. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to do it the three times. Yeah, I, Come I, on. I did, one thing I did notice, it's kind of funny that the entire domestic um, box office for number 10 would be now considered, 30 years later, a very poor opening right. weekend for uh, some tentpole movies. Right, yeah. exactly. And if you take an, take, an, um, take an example how much it costs and then do that too. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice is a fun movie. Oh, it really, is. It's still fun. And it's still funny. It has yeah, this aged, one's aged very well. well. It's aged well because Tim Burton's brand of special effects aren't supposed to look good. Right. right. Yeah, it's, it's supposed right. to they're, look they're, like they're, that, that, that world, the Tim Burton world right. that are being brought into. Um, and th- this movie is, the, I think, one of the best representations of that. That oh, yeah. and N- Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the funny thing the is, creatures, the way they remodeled the house, it's not even like... It doesn't even world. look like the same house. Yeah, it's not even the same house. It doesn't look like the same house. And the thing is that it's still like... It's still what those kinds of people would actually do to a right. real home. But you know, the thing that about Beetlejuice that stands out to me the most is, okay, this is a Michael Keaton, and yeah. you know, he was hilarious, he, he was great in this movie. He's only in the movie like half an hour. Not but, he, even. But, but, but when he is in it, he dominates oh, yeah. the scene. Oh, yeah. My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? But this was around the time that he was announced as Batman. Yes. Yes, this came out... They had done Batman, and later that summer they announced him as Batman, Batman. and people lost their Their mind because this was still in the theaters, and they were like, "No way is that guy going to be Batman." There's another he had done like Mr. Mom, right? Right. Now another movie that really is not going to, I don't think, mention you know warrant a mention, but he done Clean and Sober like later (laughs) in the summer, and that's going to be where it's like, okay, he can act. But yeah, no, this was thank God the internet wasn't around in 1988. Jesus Christ, you whiny ass fanboys. Um, what's funny about this movie too is just remi- reminding a how young and handsome Alec Baldwin used to be, <laughs> <laughs> just how adorable Gina Davis yeah. pretty much always oh. has oh, been. So old, yeah. she, oh, yeah, I she, loved her. I thought she was just the cutest thing. She's cute with her little dress yeah, and her big dress. curly hair. Yeah. And this I can't, I can't, I can't, watch, I can't, watch, Gina, I can't yeah. watch Gina Davis anymore. So and this, and this really? is the second she Winona Ryder. Like my my ex wife looks like Gina Davis. Oh, oh my goodness! Okay. Yeah. What's that? This is the second Winona Ryder movie this year. Yeah. Yep. Heather's as well. Yeah. yeah um, it is. I mean, this. Well, is we thought a, we. Well, we thought the late '80s, early '90s was going to be Winona Ryder everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And now we got Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now she's an adult. All right. Number nine. Seventy-eight point twenty-two million dollars. Schlocktail. I'm sorry. Cocktail. Cocktail. Sorry. How come I've always got the chippies and you're always with the princess? Well, that's a question only you can answer. This man's phenomenal. Put him in a room full of women, and he goes to the poorest and the dumbest every single time. The man's astounding. His wife parades half naked on the beach, and he thinks she's just there for the sun. My wife does not need other men. You know what they say about sexual vanity in men over 40? It's a first sign of senility. 
Are you going to drop in Kokomo for that? Oh, actually, Steve Day brings up, I completely forgot this movie existed until I just now, but that goddamn Kokomo song is now stuck in my head. Fuck you, Beach Boys. I've never actually seen this movie, but now I think I will drop in the Kokomo song. I think I saw it once, and just Tom Cruise. I've never seen this movie, but it's like Tom Cruise being the asshole everybody accuses Tom Cruise of being... Oh, and the flipping the drinks. The, the flipping, flipping the, the drinks. Oh. Yeah. That's, like, I saw the whole thing front to back some point in college. Oh, and I'm it was sorry. just, like, all I remember is him flipping the drinks, and that made <clears throat> him the coolest guy ever. Oh, yeah, because well, he learned all the alcohol running down his front. No, Brian, no, he yeah. was so cool, it didn't actually do that. Or maybe right. Were but he was in a high. It was Lord Zenu helping him out right. the entire time. <laughs> It was, it was. He was. He was on like some kind of like. Was he on like some kind of like Caribbean bar or something like that, which yeah. was like a hot night spot? But he could just spend all his days going out on the beach and banging hot chicks and Elizabeth yep. Shue. Yeah. And uh, and and then work at the bar and and that was where he would get all the hot chicks' numbers and yeah. Yeah. He was living the life. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Never forgiven you. Um. All right. Number eight that year, $78.7 million. The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Still one of the funniest It is funny. This, well, this one aged better than the sequel. Oh, the sequel sucked, but this one was... There were a couple good lines in the sequels, but it's like saying that there were a couple good lines in Ted 2. Who would do such a thing? Oh, it's hard to tell. Be a roving gang of thugs, a blackmailer, an angry husband, a gay lover. Frank, get a hold of yourself. Good cop. Needlessly cut down an ambush by some cowardly hoodlum. There's no way for a man to die. Yeah, you're right, Ed. A parachute not opening, that's a way to die. Getting caught in the gears of a combine. Having a nut spit off by a Laplander, that's the way I want to go. Right. Is this you the know. one where they go to the Oscars, or is that the sequel? No, no that's the third one. This, no, this, is, this is the one with the baseball, where Enrico Palazzo... Yes! <laughs> Ricardo Montalban was trying to kill the... Uh, yeah, he was, he was trying, trying to, to kill get, the Queen of England. He was trying to get... Um, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson to kill the Queen of England. And nice beaver. Thanks, I just had it stuffed. <laughs> the funniest thing about this, every time now I hear... like When we were at the fireworks a yeah. couple weeks ago and they were doing the national anthem... Oh, God. All I can think of... All the bombs in the air gave proof through the night that we still had our flag. <laughs> I can't hear it anymore without it. Oh, dude, the, the, scene, the scene where he's looking for evidence in the apartment and he just destroys the, the apartment. apartment. Yeah. Skewers the fish. Oh. oh, with the pen. Oh, and then when he tries to escape... And he like the nude statue. He pulls it down on the thing, and he's trying to pull himself up by the dick. And he's like, he's <laughs> and Leslie Nielsen was the romantic lead in yeah. Forbidden Planet. Yes, serious, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. The serious romantic hard lead. Hard to believe. Yeah. Oh, was that George Papard? No, that was George Papard at Breakfast. You assaulted a woman with a concrete dildo. <laughs> well, when I see five weirdos dressed in togas stabbing a guy in the middle of the park in full view of a hundred people, I shoot the bastards. That's my policy. That was a Shakespeare in the Park production of Julius Caesar, you moron. You killed five actors. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> and damn it, but O.J. Simpson was funny as hell in this. Yeah, oh, I know. Barely in it, but... Fuck him. Yeah. 
Um, Reggie, well, Reggie yeah, and there's Reggie Jackson. Uh, <laughs> you gotta give me a simple time on that one. Yeah. Oh, um, God. That's before the Abrams brothers lost their minds. Yeah. Well, one of the Abrams of the lost Abrams. their minds, yeah. This is this is still a great movie. Oh, it is this is movie. one I can't wait to show my kids when yep. they're much older. <laughs> like, there's, there's the 11 and the 12 stuff that Scarlett's gonna be ready for next year. This is in the 15-year-old face. Yeah. I've got the DVD, the complete set of the... The series, Police Squad. Oh man! I oh, love the, that. the actually the original series is actually pretty funny too. It, yeah, it, it is. But you can see, they they use like the same jokes over and oh, over, yeah. and they yeah. stop getting funny. This one is great because it's just long usage it's, of all those jokes. And it, it's like, all right, nothing to see here. Move yep. along. No, no it. and with the fireworks going off in the background. How pertinent! I see that gift in almost every uh, political conversation yep. now. All right, let's move on before this becomes the Naked Gun Show. <laughs> Number seven, taking in a paltry $83 million. Great The Christmas greatest movie. Christmas movie ever. Not according to Bruce Willis. Suck, suck it, Bruce. Die hard. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. This is, this is one of those... I love this movie. This movie... Do not get me wrong. I love this movie, but... Oh, my God, dudes. Shut up. <laughs> we know it's a good movie. Yeah, I, was, I had this movie raised up to me as, like, a great movie, and all I got out of it was a... A cop who had like act- who had killed somebody and it was a terrible thing is taught it's okay to shoot people exactly. and kill them dead. I was like, this, this is terrible. This is 1988 America, okay? Yeah, exactly. This movie was kind of like, what kicked off all like the, the Jean Claude Van Damme movies of the 90s yeah. and all those. This this kind of like set the set the this oh, well, no, the thing, this the is thing more about a high movie. concept action movie. But it was yeah, also but, but it was also so over the a lot of the this this is the movie that really kind of put an emphasis on huge set pieces. Right. Without this movie, we we would have never gotten like Under Siege. Mm. Right. But I mean, but he, the, but the a lot of, of Steven Seagal prepositional phrase movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. But a lot of the a lot of the, the scenes in this movie are iconic. Yeah. Right. Like the helicopters going over L.A. to the sound of. Um, Oh. No, it's not that. No, it's uh, Handel's Messiah. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, this is the first movie I ever saw someone's kneecaps like shot out in slow mo. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Yeah. Alan Rickman going, I am a brilliant thief. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. First of all, Steve Day wants to know how the fuck was Shane Black not involved in this movie? <laughs> it seems exactly like a Shane Black. Movie. It's, it a, would. it's an action movie that takes place at Christmas. How the fuck? Um, He's busy doing Lethal Weapon, I guess. Alan, I think this is everybody's first introduction to Alan Rickman, yeah. unless yeah. it was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right. Well, Robin, yeah, Robin, yeah, came two years, two years, three years, three years, years later. later. Yeah, yeah I, I, mine was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Cause I got your heart out with a spoon! Oh, this movie, though. I mean, he's so good in this movie. There's so many great... Just the way he just can stretch out single-syllable words yep. for long periods, you know, or exceptional. <laughs> yeah. He was brilliant. Uh, he he's fantastic in this. What idiot uh, puts you in charge. You did when you kill my boss. <laughs> and then there's Ellis. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't do what you need. <laughs> <laughs> Typical '80s LA. Oh my God! Yeah, seriously, that party is is so '80s. It's like 
People doing blow. Oh, people just banging, banging in the, the, the copiers in, yeah. in the office. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great movie, though. The, you know what the funny thing with this movie is? This is the first movie I remember realizing that there was a thing out for video transfer called widescreen mm-hmm. that you know gave you the full thing of the movie. These movies would stretch it. So they didn't oh. do a typical pan and scan. What Fox did was they stretched it. So it was like this the, the diehard stretch. So every time you'd watch the movie... Everybody's heads looked enormous. Yeah. <laughs> didn't look good at all. They wanted to include the entire footage, but they didn't also want to fill the screen. Mm. All right, number six, hundred. God damn it, one hundred nine point four million dollars. Crocodile Dundee oh two. Oh god. Oh my, my, Joseph, that, Joseph. Thank you. Suddenly fire. You know who that was? Clint Eastwood! Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood? Yes, very tall. What the fuck? Uh, Steve brings up, wait, what? How the fuck did this festering pile of dingo shit make it to the top ten? <laughs> Almost to the top five. I, I, Jesus. How did it crack a hundred million? This movie is fucking dog shit. Or dingo shit, actually. It's <laughs> Dingo with my baby! Made twenty six million more than Die Hard, which is a vastly superior movie. Yeah, look yeah. at. I mean, seriously, just. Look I would have. I would have figured the. I. Th- I thought the the Paul whatever his name is Paul Hogan. The Paul Hogan thing kind of died down after eighty seven. Apparently, well, that's the thing too. Dundee came out at the very tail end of eighty six. Right, eighty six, eighty seven. Long life. It had a long life, so they were already in the middle of filming. Yeah. This. That's the only reason I can see why this made so much money is because people loved the first one so much. I right. went back and watched this. No, this the, the, is bad this is garbage. This is just like, you know, I hate Mexicans bad also because <laughs> it's like they do have like the Mexican cartel drug dealers yeah. that go back to the outback and are outsmarted by the Aborigines and of course they are. Yep. Oh god, there's nothing to say about there's nothing good to nothing say about this movie. Nothing good to say movie. about this movie. Um I'm amazed that this made just slightly over that though. Uh, uh, 111.9 million dollars. Twins. And the first rule in a crisis situation. You negotiate first and you attack last. Well, you negotiate first and then you attack. You never negotiate. Nah. You don't know what kind of an enemy I am. Who are you? Oh, I'm Vincent's brother. We twins. That's right. You're fired. You have no respect for logic. Okay. But he's got an axe. And I have no respect for those with no respect for logic. I don't think I've ever seen this one. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. All the way through, no. Um, so uh, Steve brings up, this is a movie that was fun until Schwarzenegger leveraged it to make Junior. <laughs> I, I I remember enjoying this movie quite a bit when it first it's, came out. I it's remember fun. It, it, it's, it's again harmless. for a thirty-year-old movie. It's aged horrifically. <laughs> it really, really has. <laughs> I mean, it kind of leveraged you know Schwarzenegger being the strip man to Devito, and Devito was pretty much at the top of his game right now, right there. This was weird. This was like no, like a start, was, this was the start of his movie career. He was still doing Cheers and no, he wasn't doing he Cheers. Was doing he was doing Cheers. Taxi. He had done Taxi, taxi for a while. Yeah, his wife did Cheers. Rhea Perlman did Cheers. Yeah, yeah. he did yeah. Cheers too. No. No. no, he might have guest starred in the. When did Throw Mama from the Train come? That was eighty-seven. So it's around that that time okay. where Danny DeVito was starting to make his bones in Hollywood before he started directing. Yeah, actually, he directed Throw Mama from the Train. 
But um, I think this is a fun, harmless movie. It was a good Christmas release. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number four, 114.9 million. Big. What don't you get, Judge? Well, there's a million robots that turn into something. And this is a building that turned into a robot. What's fun about playing with a building? That's not any fun. This is a skyscraper. Well, couldn't it be like a, a, a robot that turns into into something like a like a bug or something? A bug. Yeah. Like a big prehistoric insect with maybe like giant claws that could pick up a car and, and crush it like that. <laughs> a prehistoric transformer. Interesting. Gentlemen, it, So the robot turns into a bug. Ah, uh, gentlemen, oh, listen, listen, if you would just got a very good idea here. I think this was one of my early date movies. Oh, really? Yeah. This was one of the first ones like, that really... Where my, where my friend at the time guilted a guy I had a crush on and taking me out on a date. Oh. <laughs> that was a double date. Steve writes, basically every character in this movie is a sexual criminal except for the mom who's just negligent. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. God, when you, when you really put it in context, <laughs> that scene is really fucking creepy. Yes, it is. But oh. th- this movie kind of... I mean, you know... Tom Hanks has done movies before, but this one was the first one that really kind of showcased him, I think. This is the first movie, I think. Well, this is obviously the first well, movie. Well, after that, Splash, I mean, he, you know. Yeah, I mean, he'd done a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that was just what it was, hey, stuff. We shall not besmirch Joe vs. the Volcano. And Bachelor Party. Yeah. Joe vs. Well, the Volcano's later. Yeah, yeah, it was 89. Really? Bachelor Party was yeah. good, too, wow. so. Big is... Yeah, the Burbs is also 89, by the way, so. He was still making crap. Um... Yeah, Big is one of those movies that's just like, he really was able to showcase how good he was to, you know, yeah. like a child yeah. that was, yeah. um, you know, in an adult's body. Yeah. And he got an Oscar nomination for it. Mm-hmm. And Maybe for that piano scene. That's, that's, a, that's an <laughs> With Robert Loggia. <laughs> With this finishing move, the lookout for Loggia. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a that's a, that's an incredibly iconic scene. I'm always reminded every time I see like those little uh, those mini carrots at a salad bar. Those things are fucking nasty, by the way. There's no, there's there's no cob in there. No. <laughs> um. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. All right. Number three, taking in a whopping $128.1 million, coming to America. He beat Joe Lewis's ass. That's right, he did whoop Joe Lewis' ass. Joe Lewis was 75 years old when he fought. I don't know how old he was, but he got an ass whoop. Joe Lewis had come out of retirement to fight Rocky Marciano. The man was 76 years old. Joe Lewis always lied about his age. He lied about his age all the time. One time, Frank Sinatra comes out here and sat down in this chair. And I said, Frank, you hang out with Joe Lewis. Just between me and you, how old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank told me? He said, hey, Joe Lewis, 137 years old. 137 years old. Oh, man, you ain't never meet no Frank Sinatra. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? It's still fun. It's still a it's, funny, funny it's movie. It's still one of one of, one of uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy's funniest movies. One of his best, I say. Steve movies. writes what a Black Panther adaptation would have looked like before the superhero film Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not wrong. No, he's, he's not. not wrong. He is not wrong at all. You know the funny thing is this movie's had incredible staying power in terms of oh, just yeah, just, social relevancy. Well, that and I mean the humor in it really is kind of timeless. It is. But did you see the people that did, like, the pop-up McDowell's a few years ago in New York City? Yes. Yeah. I saw that one. And they actually had the full menu, including the Big Mac. So no glue! It's your soul glue! They all stand up from the couch and there's the stains the on the wall. Sexual chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. That is one of my favorite scenes <laughs> of all time. 
I, I'm sure I told him. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, one of the best scenes is when they're in the bar. The first time they go out to a club and they're trying to pick up all the girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the last one's... Uh, and they had the one in your hall. I'm going to tear you apart. And your friend, too. <laughs> I'm sure I've told this story before, but when I was doing The Wedding Singer, we were doing a sound check. And after I was done singing, I just went, Sexual chocolate! Pointed to the stage and used my fingers to lead myself off. And our lead guy, Ethan, fell into a heap of laughter. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you, too! Yes. yes. Uh, Fuck you, too! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, all right. So let me ask you God, this question: Did so you ever hear about the lawsuit that columnist Art Buckwald had against Paramount Pictures? No. Why? And uh, coming to America? Why? His idea was the basis for the movie. Okay. But his basis was about an African prince that came to America and got a taste for human flesh. Oh, for the love of all yeah. that good boy. Uh. I can see how that could be. I could understand yeah. how we'd be upset, you know, with the final product. Oh, yeah, no, sure. I could see it. All right. Number two, taking in, and this is astounding to me, even for this this day and age's numbers, $156.4 million. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. About 50 million of that was from our own hometown theater because it was running it there was for six, six months. months. Jesus Christ. I loved that movie. I loved the movie. Yeah, for it, 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 that movie it actually is, still holds up, too. That movie's that, amazing. Steve mentions that thanks, Disney, for giving an entire generation a sexual fetish they could never satiate. Well, Fair enough. Jessica Rabbit, yeah. Oh my god, what is up with that, guys? And, I was and that, I was a horny 16-year-old, and I was never like, <laughs> you know what I want to do? I was. Fuck that thing on the, t- on the on the screen right How now. How far after this was Cool World? Oh, like, that was 92. Oh, a few years, yeah. yeah. Four years later, well, Cool World's a piece of shit. Well, yeah, yeah, but then we got Kim Basinger as an animated... Yeah, still, it, still, wasn't it was that good-looking, though. It was still a terrible piece of shit. I mean, yeah, when you compare Cool World to... I mean... The, the animation cool is just so simplified compared yeah. to the animation. What's well, Rob Bashley? This, yeah. this movie is a technological wonder. Yes. Yes. Now in the age of, four, of HD, it, you can see... You can see you the can separations. You can see the strings. You can see, the you can see yeah. that there is, there is definitely a separation between the animated world and the human world. They don't integrate well. But in 1988, but for, for the this time, was I was obsessed with this movie. Yeah, they, they took multiple, like, again, watching the special effects behind the scenes stuff yeah. when it was on TV was, like, you know, they took multiple passes, like, for Jessica Rabbit. It was like, okay, just the basic pass and then the highlight pass and then the sparkle pass on yeah. her dress, you know. Yep. And the fact that they were able, Disney was able to get, work together with Warner Brothers yeah. and uh, the creators of Tom and Jerry. Um, they, yeah. No, they never, no, Tom and Jerry weren't in there. They didn't. Weren't they? Yeah. movie where Bugs Bunny meets Mickey Mouse. Right, exactly. Yeah. And Donald and Daffy doing the twin pianos. Oh, that is one oh, of my favorite that movie. <laughs> now, when I showed Scarlett that movie, she's like, who's that? I'm like, oh my God, I failed you. <laughs> <laughs> that's Daffy Duck. Who's Daffy Duck? Oh, shit. Well, that's, we that's can't continue this. In the 24th and a half century. I mean, it, but it, but it was like groundbreaking because like 
Disney ver- it was always Disney versus Warner Brothers. Right. You know, they weren't yeah. they're supposed to be mortal enemies and you see them all but in this. Again, look again. what's going on today. Right. Yeah. Marvel DC. Right. But again, but this is pre internet too. We didn't have a fucking clue about half no. of this shit. We didn't know about the animosity of this. We didn't have the internet. We had the library. It's funny, Emma, I've heard, I've heard like seen that some behind the scenes footage and you hear like Bob Hoskin saying, Now you can't hold it. You couldn't hold it with my hands that were fingers separated because they did, they they have to paint in between. In between, all the fingers. yeah. So have to hold it like this. Yes. This is like five hundred dollars. This is like yes. two hundred dollars. Well, you know what? I I remember watching Burn. behind the scenes on it and it blew my mind because I never seen Bob Hoskins before. Oh, like how much for British? Accent how much of a thick British oh, accent? Yeah. And it only yes. it only pops out once. Yeah. He only slips once in the entire movie. I don't remember what. It's what? when um. Jessica goes to, to see him, and she's like, I need you, Mr. Valiant. And then Dolores comes in, and, um, you know, the I caught you with your pants down. Yeah. And she's like, what, you know, what, 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 were you, what were you doing? She's like, probably looking for a good place to stick a knife. And no. the way he said it, he slipped the British accent. But it's the only time in the yeah. entire movie. I just, what I love about the movie is how well detailed they made. The, the characters weren't flat. Right. Well, the, well, they, they were they were shaded. Well, they were shaded. The way they were shaded, it wasn't just like color. It was like full graded shading to it. It's like yeah, they had the, the, the shading. They had the highlights. The right? animation was top notch. I mean, they and and may I say, Doc Brown scared the shit out of me. Oh my oh. Doc Brown, Christopher oh. Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Yes. hard to believe that's the same person. I know, but when I mean when he goes full oh, when he, tune when at he, the end. And and the 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 shoe. Oh god! Oh my god! That I when felt we turned so it off. bad. That's when we turned it off. Because <laughs> yeah. you got this little shoe going. Wee, wee, wee. Like oh my god no! The dip. Oh. I you know what? This is such a great movie. Have you guys ever read the book it's based on? No. no. Who censored Roger Rabbit? Oh yeah. Oh. Heard, yeah if I you want it. a truly stupefying what the fuck <laughs> moment, yeah. read the book. Really. Because the book is not about cartoon characters, it's about comic strip characters. Oh. So when they talk, they put out word, word balloons. Oh. Yeah. Read it just for shits and giggles. I waited six months for our local library to get a copy because it was so popular. And I got about halfway through and I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I think I'm ready for weed now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just... You know what? And here's another thing about this movie I love, and I wish they would do it for any of the video releases. Use the original theatrical poster. Yes. Mm. I hated the VHS cover. And I hate, you know, like the one that they have for most of like the yeah. the DVDs where it's just yeah. like, there's Roger and there's um, Eddie and they're in the car. They got a big smile on their face. The one with a film strip <laughs> that is in the shape of Roger and they're just little cells... From the movie in there. That's a classic movie poster. Mm. I want that. Yep. yep. So, all right. Are we ready for number one? I, yep. I'm, I'm kind of shocked, actually. I'm really shocked. Well, again... No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I remember it being... It was very popular. It was incredibly it popular. popular. $172.8 million. The Best Picture winner of uh, 1988. And a movie, the film industry's tone-deaf obsession with topically relative... Uh, relevant diseases du jour would give Polly with smallpox their big comeback tours. Rain Man. <laughs> that was Steve Day, wasn't it? That was Steve, yeah. yeah. Um, Coffee? Yes, that'd be good. 
Sally Dibbs, Dibbs Sally. 4610192. How did you know my phone number? How'd you know that? She said read the telephone book last night. Dibbs Sally. 4610192. He uh, remembers things, little things sometimes. Very clever, boys. I'll be right back. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? I don't know. You memorize the whole book? No. You start from the beginning? Yeah. How far did you get? Gee. I remember seeing this in the theater and, and kind of enjoying it. This is a long movie. It's a, it's, it's a, dra- it's a drag. This movie is, it's a, it's a great movie, but it's a slog to get through. Yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, the kind of things that won Oscars back then. It was long. It was meaningful. It didn't have... Dustin Hoffman, Rain, Rain Man. Only went half re- pot retard. Went home with an Oscar. <laughs> I, I do kind of wonder, though, when was the last time the number one in the box office for the year... Is the same movie that wins the best picture. Uh, that's out. a good question. I have well, to it look. had Tom Cruise in it. it yeah, Tom Cruise was the same in year it. that he came out with Cocktail. Yeah. I know, amazing, Thanks. huh? Um, I mean, Dustin Hoffman was just it was he was just a marvel to 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 watch yeah. in this movie. But it's one of those movies though that again it's the disease of the week type of movie that ages poorly. The technology because they, they you know Tom Cruise is a you know high rolling car dealer, car importer, yeah. car importer, yeah. So he's got a cell phone, you know, with he, the floppy antenna and the. He is a terrible, terrible person in that movie. Oh he God, is. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get to see a little bit well, of the, the, real the, the whole point of the movie is he's taking advantage of his brother, you know, his autistic yeah. brother, right? Yeah. You know, it isn't until the end that he kind of realizes, oh, maybe I've been an asshole this entire time. Yeah. You think? <laughs> now I'm just going to go. It, it, I just had to. You know what it is? It's Oscar. It was Oscar. I have it to. Was to I have to go Oscar struggle day. and find. Uh, Find happiness with my unbelievably hot Italian girlfriend. It's 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 nineteen eighty with a whisper accent. It's late eighties Oscar bait is all yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Wait till next year. <laughs> yeah. Wait till next year. All right. So that was the top ten. Now let's get on to some notable releases that nobody mentioned nor were um, in the top. In the 10. top ten. Thank you. Uh, if you've seen them, if you have thoughts, please bring them up. These were just movies that either won Oscars. Or um, we're nominated for Oscars, or we're just kind of popular. Uh, notable release number one: Working Girl. That was Melanie Griffith and Sigourney Weaver. Um, not a bad movie. I watched it once, and yeah. I think I've seen parts of it. Hey, you know what though? Kevin Spacey's in this movie, and he comes off as a sexual predator in the very beginning. Hard to Shocking. believe. Shocking! Huh? Oh my god! Wow. Against against the, against women though. Against a woman. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's a real surprising part. So, so the, the 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 red flags were all there, people. Yeah, <laughs> they were there. You just didn't see them. <laughs> you just didn't see them. Were, you weren't paying attention, they were, man. They were inverted at the time, though. No, mm. yeah, they were in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there were some stories about the time that times when he was like a PA on Mister Rogers or something that also revealed. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah, he put like, he put like nasty posters inside Mr. Rogers' closet and stuff like that. I, I oh Jesus! I didn't know he was on Mr. Rogers. Uh, no, no, he wasn't on it. He was a production well, he was a Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton was a, got his start in there. Yeah, but I that I seem to remember that being about Kevin Spacey. Wow! I'd have to look that. I have, yeah, I feel free to fact check me on that one. I could be misremembering. Yeah, thanks for bringing the show down, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> Another notable mention. You guys started it. No, yeah, well, so. yeah, you want you want to bring the show down. Bring the, yep. this next movie. All right. Beaches. Steve Day writes, I once read a review of Star Wars Special Edition in a college newspaper. The writer opined that it wasn't enough like Beaches for her tastes. And that's all I know about Beaches, that it's nothing like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, yeah. uh, my I friends, told my you friend, you're my hero. <laughs> my friends, my friends named Roberta are offended that they changed her name to Hillary from the, you know, her name was Birdie in the book for oh, Roberta, okay. and they changed it to Hillary or Hill for the movie because Roberta's not a nice enough name or something. Right, well, something Birdie might movie. make it sound like she's a man or... Some, well, some, old Roberta Finney? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, another Roberta. Oh, okay. Burke? I have never seen a, a second of this movie, but I know this is the kind of movie that... Girls in our generation would watch to cry. Oh, it's cry it's porn. A, it's a cry. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Never seen it. Although no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seen. good. Most, it's mostly, I just, I just like, I like two songs from the movie. That's my thing. I like. Uh, uh, Wind beneath the, my wings. No. <laughs> God no. Um, uh, the robot song from the art piece that she did, oh, and of course, um, uh, oh, the one about the guy that invented the bra. Oh God! Are you thinking about the right movie? Because I remember that in one of Bette Midler's uh, like body shows. Yeah, because it, it was in. I'm quite sure it's in Beaches. Mm. Auto, that's still not enough to make me watch. Auto Auto Tisling. Auto Tisling, okay. Yeah, um, all I know about Beaches is it sounds like bitches. Yes, exactly. Who goes to see this movie? Beaches. beaches. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we've talked about this movie enough, but it's oh, the yeah. movie where Rambo creates Al Qaeda. Rambo three. <laughs> sure. we, spoke, right. we spoke about this during our uh, yes. Stallone episodes. So. Okay, a movie I will take fisticuffs with people if they don't agree that it is the greatest it baseball is movie ever made. Arguably, the greatest <laughs> baseball movie ever. This movie is everything <sighs> about baseball because it's everything about. The shittiness of baseball. You're a cock out of here! Shit! Get off! What the fuck is that? Why are you doing this shit? I've never seen Crash so angry. And frankly, sports fans, he used a certain word that's a no no with umpires. Crash must have called the guy a cocksucker. Mmm, God, he's so romantic. Charlie, here comes the deuce. And speak and well. Speak, yeah, when, when you speak, speak of me, this, speak well. well. <laughs> Everything about this movie, yeah, the, the, the catcher who's tipping off the batter because the pitcher keeps shaking off his thing. And then he goes to the mound. Wow, something that far should have had a, fl- tra- a flight attendant. Yeah. No, something traveling that far should have had a flight attendant Holy on it. Shit, he hit the ball. You know he wins a free steak for that, right? <laughs> and that is actually true. Because I went to Durham Stadium, and they do. If you hit the ball, you get a free, you win a steak. Greatest pass of baseball. Oh my movie god, there's ever. so much great stuff in this movie. The scene in the locker room. I remember where he's like, they won't listen to me, Crash. Well, they're kid, they're children. Treat them like children. <laughs> So he throws the he throws that bag of bats into the shower. He's like, "You lollygag in the outfield. You lollygag when you're running around the bases. You lollygag when you're on the bench. What does that make you, Larry? Lollygaggers, lollygaggers." <laughs> It's just uh, everything. I remember. I remember when when you, my, uh, you, me, Jim, and Mike went to the the Hall of Fame, oh, yeah. and they were playing it and wanted to like the side. Oh and yeah, we, and, like, and all four of us were just kind of sitting there, just watching the entire it's movie. Great, you know, I know a lot of people love Major League, but this is a better movie than Major League. Oh god, easily. There is so much great. Oh god, there's this one great bit too where Tim Robbins is wearing garters because <laughs> Susan Sarandon told him it'll help him focus, essentially focus his chi. To be able to pitch better, and um, he's trying to like sneak him on so nobody sees him. And uh, Kevin Costner goes up to him and like just gets up right near him. He like, backs off just a little bit. 
Rose goes in the front, big guy. <laughs> well, how was he? Well, he fucks like he pitches, kind of all over the place. Yeah, my, my, I, I apologize, but my favorite baseball movie is the Kevin Costner one for next year. Yeah. Mm. This movie is so fucking brilliant. It is. It is, it is oh. oh, my God. I go back and watch this, like, every three years, and there's just... Even my it, wife, it, it, who it, isn't the biggest baseball fan in the world, loves how stupid Crash is. The thing, the thing is, is like baseball nowadays is just kind of so tedious. I can't watch. I, I love baseball. Baseball sucks. Now. I can't it's, watch it every yeah. day. I can only watch it like maybe once or twice every other mm. week. I never realized how boring and, this sport. Oh, is. it is incredible. But this movie, I watch this movie. It'll reignite my love of baseball. It reignites my right. love of baseball every time I watch it. Just because you're thinking this is like the Spinal Tap. Of baseball. Kind of. Because it gives you a behind-the-scenes look of what baseball really actually is like. But when they bring you in serious about the sport itself, Mm -hmm. it's like, I I played in the show once, and everyone just, like, gathers around, really. And he talks about how good the food was, and how great the accommodations were, and how great the travel was. And everyone's, like, really buying in. He's like, and they throw pitches that just... Whiz past you. You've never seen anything no, like this in your life. But the thing is, the thing is, it really, this really, my grandfather played amateur baseball in Puerto Rico. No, and I watched. We I watched you know yep. a dub version of this movie with him, and he's like, "Yep, no, that exactly like that. Exactly how it happens." Great movie. If you haven't seen it, Mike or Catherine, you need to watch. Yes, yeah. you don't need to like baseball to enjoy the movie. No, I don't like baseball, but I enjoy Field of Dreams. Okay, well. This movie's got a lot of funnier lines. Yeah, a lot. Well, now, from what I can understand, uh, meat you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, you guys haven't you guys haven't mentioned my favorite baseball movie yet. Which is that? The Sandlot. That's oh, in the that's 90s. a good. That's, that's in the nineties. But that's though. actually a pretty good movie too. Yeah, we got. You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, you're killing me. So we got a ways to go before we can talk about that one. Moving Major, on. Major League's funny too. Eh. Uh, all right. So next up, Young Guns, or as oh. my mom likes to call it, Young, young Buns. Buns. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being so pissed off at this movie because this is around the, the movie came out around the time I I spent my time in, in Hollywood and I'm like, yeah, this isn't my fair anymore. <laughs> Anachronistic music, kind of dumb thing, and just whole lot of boys. Emilio Estevez. Oh yeah, this is the first time I think that Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen were in the same movie together. Even though Charlie Sheen gets gunned down uh, really this, fucking is, quick. Was this before at Manobrook? Yes, yes. Okay. that was ninety. This okay. is this is this is Brat Pack two point Yes. Yeah. Um, not good. No, no, no. There's really nothing good to say. Never about seen it. it. Child's Play. I've never seen this one for a particular reason. You don't like dolls? No, no, no. Because I watched the Siskel and Ebert where they reviewed this one. <laughs> the clip that they showed from the movie. Scared me so much, I've never seen the movie to this day. Is that the one where he's like, Give me the boy and I'll let you live. Give me the boy and I'll let you live. No, no, it's the one like where the mother's got, got Chucky and turns around, see there's no battery, and then yep. the head swirls around and he starts talking. So she just drops it and it rolls under the couch. Oh, Jesus. I, I saw that and like, I'm not never watching this movie again. I'm never watching And I've never seen it. I'm amazed this movie had so much life. How many sequels? Oh God! Well, I mean, to be fair, Brad Dorf needs needs a paycheck. Yeah, and so exactly. does Jennifer Tilly. No, oh, yeah, well, that's in the new ones. Aren't they remaking this one again? Yeah. And then, um, and and my notables before everyone else gets into theirs, uh, Dead Ringers. 
Possibly one of the best David Cronenberg movies ever. This is Jeremy Irons, I think, in his career best. Oh, is this one of these guys? He plays like, twins yeah. or gynecologists. Oh, I remember. Yes. Oh, and it's just like it's that David Lynch body horror, psychosexual. Yeah, I remember now. Type of movie. It's so. No, David Lynch. Really? This was. This, this is the one. Is this the one with the, like the torture device? The this was like torture devices. Yes, exactly. This was the movie. You know, in college, everyone has that movie. You make your mission to show other people. <laughs> this is my movie. <laughs> Yeah. It's a wonder I had so few girlfriends in college. So. Really? No shit, really? Oh, we gotta watch this movie, honey. Okay. All right. There's a lot of red in this movie. Yes. Yes, there is. That is to denote Metro Blood. So. Before or after Basket Case? Oh, no, God. <laughs> maybe it was because maybe it led to Basket Case. All right, Mike, what do you got on yours? Uh, I've got The Blob, the remake. The, yep. I remember hearing that. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, I've... I don't think I've ever actually seen the original. I've one, seen the original. Well, I've, well, I've seen it because it's got Steve McQueen. In I it, saw so. this one on TV, and I I thought it was pretty. I mean, it was creepy. Dude, there's this one scene where the blob reached out, grabs somebody through it through a sink, through a sink drain. This is the one with the blob like through rips like the guy's arm off. Yeah, yeah, it, it's actually bone. acidic, and it starts like when it attacks you, <laughs> it actually kills people that way. Yeah, but um. After that comes uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8, uh, Part 7. <laughs> part 7. You would have been forgiven. No one would caught you if, it, if you actually mentioned 8. Yeah, this one was uh, Jason versus the Teen Psychic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jason versus Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> it has moments. It's not as good as Part 6. You must kill Mommy and Daddy. <laughs> it, it was, it was alright. It was fun. What else? Uh, Hobgoblins. Oh, Jesus. Arguably, Jesus. The, arguably the worst uh, MC3K movie to come out of uh, season, the, the sci-fi seasons. The sci-fi seasons, yeah. No, oh, that's the next one you're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, same year as Space Mutiny. Oh, Which Jesus was definitely, God. I have only seen the MST3K version yeah. of this. Yeah. Great card slab. Slab bulkhead. Fridge large meats. Punt speed chunk. Butch deadlift. Bold big flank. Splint chest hair. Flint iron stag. Bolt vander huge. Thick McRunfast. We put our faith in blast hard cheese. Buff drink lots. Trunk slam chest. Fist rock bone. Stump beef knob. Smash lamp jaw. Punch rock groin. Buck plank chest. Stump junkman. Dirk hard peck. Rip steak face. Slate slab rock. Crud bone meal. Slake fist crunch. Buff hardback. Bob Johnson. Rip slag cheek. Punch side iron. Gristle McThorn body. Blast thick neck. Crunch butt steak. Slab squat thrust. Lump beef broth. Touch rust rod. Reef blast body. Big McLarge huge. <laughs> <laughs> Where they stole all the special effects from Battlestar Galactica. Yes, big all, large all huge. of them. All of them. <laughs> all the special effects. All of them. And, and also, we... also all the handrails from everything ever. <laughs> <laughs> Except Star Wars, because Star Wars doesn't have handrails. Now there's Star Trek. Yeah, some on the back of the bridge, but... Oh. What else you got? Uh, I've got... Oh, yeah, my last choice for her is uh, Rusa Yetsura, The Final Chapter. Uh, I'm not familiar. It's in the anime. Okay. Uh, it, it, I mean, one of my favorite anime uh, manga artists is uh, Rumiko Takahashi. Mm-hmm. She does um, Rusa Yetsura, uh, Ranma One Half, which oh, okay. is one of my all-time favorites. I and, like Ranma One Half, actually. Yeah. And this one Keep was... Keep ramen. <laughs> This one was actually the final, the, like the final chapter of the Rusetsura manga. That's why it's called the final chapter. And it mm-hmm. was done. I mean, it was done as an actual movie. Cool. It was like the fourth or fifth movie, but it has one of the most 
emotionally and touching finales ever that still fits in with the series. Okay. It is it's perfectly done and it is it is a it brings me to tears every time. You got one more on here. Yeah, I just felt that I, it would be—it would feel weird to me if we didn't at least mention Earth Girls Are Easy. Agreed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is actually one of the movies that introduced Jim Carrey to an American public. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's He was be, one of the aliens. Yeah, is it before or after Peggy Sue got married? After. All right, because he, he had a small role in He had a small role in that. He was a larger role in this. So yeah. David Wayans was one of the aliens. Oh, my God, you're Charlie Black. And then, of course, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Yes. Sexy Jeff Goldblum. Sexy Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Well, Jeff the, Goldblum's always sexy now. After they've shaved him, yeah. When he does those apartment.com ads, he's playing the piano. Well, if you want, if you really think he's sexy, you can go to the London. Go to London, London and, and see the twenty five foot statue of Ian Malcolm. Yes. <laughs> Come see it. Stare at him longer than he appears in the new Jurassic World movie. Actually, he's coming. Yeah. All you need is thirty seconds. You he's coming to the Boston Expo, actually. You were so busy oh, wondering if you could. <laughs> you never thought that thing could. 90 bucks to get your picture taken with him. Oh, no. Jesus. Yes, John, but when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, you're not worried about the pirates eating the tourists. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a fun movie. This is just this is one of those great, fun, 80s day-glow kind of movies. Yep. Oh. And, uh, Julie Brown. Yeah, Julie Brown was in it. Now, have you guys, have either of you guys been out to California at all? Like in um, Los Angeles? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Kevin? Uh, yeah, but I was at work, so I hardly saw okay. anything. Have you ever seen the Angeline billboards? Yes. Nah. Yes. Okay. Angeline is this woman who came into money probably from an old dead husband who was rich to build her movie and modeling career. And there are these posters of this buxom blonde in a pink halter top. Wearing that rainbow. With the, with the, with the wraparound sunglasses. She makes an appearance in this movie, and she's a really terrible actress. Yes, yeah, she is. I did forget one movie. Yes. Ernest Saves Christmas. Okay. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> Joe, you have one on one, here. One on here. I, I have, put on there for you. Yeah. Akira. The This was a seminal anime film, and it kind of broke, brought anime to a, a real wide mainstream audience. It's anime for people that don't like anime. Well... Like, I would watch Akira. I'm not an anime guy at all, but... but yes. This and Ghost in the Shell are really the only ones you can get me to watch. This, I'm not a big fan of Akira. It, this is... The the quality of animation is beyond anything that was available at the time. From both the U.S. You know, next to Roger Rabbit, yeah. this has the best animation that I th- that at the time. Um, the story... I mean, it's just a fucked up story. Because it, it basically took the ideas of Blade Runner and yeah. just... S- Shot her up with steroid by ten. Uh, more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's a gore. I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous movie. The story. I know you don't like the story. I think the story is great. The story, it, it just grosses me out too much. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, yeah, the, it, yeah. Again, it's body horror. It's body. It's it body is. horror. Yeah. It was. It, it's. It's a lot of just body horror. It's uh, a dystopian fantasy. Um. You know, it's it, it basically a also kind of a buddy cop movie in, yeah. a, certain, in a certain sense. A, a and, fucked uh, up buddy cop movie. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the uh, motorcycle makes an appearance in Ready Player One. <laughs> you know, and, and, and to a certain extent, it's also a love story because, you know, uh, Tetsuo's, you know, trying to protect his girlfriend. Or as you would say in the movie, Tetsuo! <laughs> yeah. Tetsuo! 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 
All right, Catherine, you've got a list. I've got I've got a couple things left, and the two things I'm going to talk about are from like opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so we'll start with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four to oh. counter your damn Friday the Thirteenth crap. Ringmaster, <laughs> which is very silly. Uh, it is very. This silly. Is first, it is a very this is silly the first movie. Freddy movie I saw in the theater. I'm, I'm not, in the Maynard Fine Arts Theater. I'm not saying Freddy I'm thinking Part it, 7 wasn't silly. I just said it was okay. It was fun, had fun. Uh, I'm thinking, we, we any, I'm thinking any, movie, any theater that's showing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is not really fine arts. They didn't card. We were 16. What did you want? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, you know, per, you know uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 has a psychic girl. This has the Dream Master who, and you know, the third movie, everybody gets to use their own powers, powers. in their Dream dreams. Warriors. She gets to accept oh all the powers from all the people who die ahead of her so that she can use them all together against... Friendship is magic. My <laughs> When did, when did, when did, oh, the, the movie with all the, the, the TV show with all the psychics with, like, I can't remember anybody's names now. All I can think of is that thing from South Park with, like, the League of Psychics, and they all had, like, their own, like, you, you're not talking about you Max, are you? No, I'm not talking about that. No, it was, like, a show, and it's got one of the, the, the actress, fr- one of, you know, the brunette actress from Friends, is uh, the tele the telekinetic? Oh, God. misfits of science! Misfits of science! Oh, I remember that. That yeah. also the dude who played the predator and Harry and from Harry and the Hendersons. Yep, misfits of science. Oh my God! Was that based on a when did that come British out? Was this around the eighty four? Okay, so that was yeah. I don't know if it was. I wasn't sure if it played into these things played into an upsurge in our fascination with psychic phenomena. <laughs> no, that was more the or our fascination with Courtney Cox. Yeah, which we didn't really have until Friends. Yeah. Well, you guys didn't. I well, I thought she was really cool because she's a telekinetic. <laughs> well, we also kind of saw her on that um, Bruce Springsteen. That's true. Show. Still. All right. So anyway, let's move on to something that I can't believe nobody else brought up. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked I didn't bring it up either. Dangerous Liaisons. It's a great movie. This Fantastic is beautiful. movie. Beautiful. Glenn Close. John Malkovich, all the dress and the, the Michelle French Pfeiffer's Renaissance. In it. Michelle oh, Pfeiffer. That's right. yes. Um actually uh That was another thing about the, that was Ed. that was another thing about the uh, Oh the Keanu Reeves 80s. is in it. Keanu Reeves yes. has it in it. That was another thing about the Whoa. late '80s is the, is the, the fascination with like over the top period piece. Drums. Yes. Yeah, we've got to we've got to like we're not too far from Amadeus either. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, we're only four yeah, years away from Amadeus. But no, as as a as a costume person, oh my goodness, this is a beautiful movie. It, it's a good movie. It's also because. They did another movie that came out a year after called Valmont. It's yeah. the exact same story, just with different actors. This is way better. All right, then. Come back when you've succeeded with Madame de Torvel. Yes. And I will offer you a reward. My love. But I shall require proof. Certainly. Written proof. Ah. Uh. Not negotiable. Yeah, well, they did the exact same story with different actors set in the modern era in the 90s. And oh, was cheap. absolutely intentions. Yeah. What is it a cover? <laughs> uh, You're late on that one. I know. Well, first of all, it wouldn't I'm be still a bitter. cover. It would be a remake. Because it's a movie. Reimagining. But but <laughs> it is it is a reimagining, and it's based on a book that has a copyright and an author. So yes. All right, all right, all right. Smack. <laughs> anyway, so yes, Dangerous Liaisons is 
uh, a fabulous movie, and I can't believe it didn't make the top ten. Um, I'm sure it was definitely another Oscar bait movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. This was like, oh, who won all the costume and, and set, you know, uh, set design awards. Oh, this one. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nominated for Best Picture. Glenn Close was nominated in another losing effort. Michelle Pfeiffer was nominated for Best Actu- uh, Supporting Actress. Yeah. She's good in this one, too. Yeah, she's... Well, she's... So, first time she was really, like, a great actress in a movie. Yeah, the, the first time she was given a role where she could be an actress. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I just yeah this movie is gorgeous. I yeah I'm ashaming myself for not bringing it up either. Well, you left it for me, so thank you okay, very you're, much. Okay, you're, you're welcome. But yeah, this is one of those things that I owned on DVD because I just every now and then I just got to watch it. Oh, it's gorgeous. So now, 1988 was also a cavalcade with okay, cavalcade for some idiotically shitty, shitty sequels. Yes, yes. Holy yes. fuck! Okay, one of, one of them made the top ten. Yeah, one of them made the top Somehow. ten, which we're not bringing up. If you've talked about it already, we're not bringing it up. But Short Circuit 2, where they made Fisher Stevens' um, the main character. Indian minstrel show the main character of the movie. Yep. Because they, they couldn't get the goot. They couldn't get the goot, so they're, oh, oh my god, the robot, he's going off insane and things. And people have a I problem with that. I enjoyed this movie when I first saw it, but I haven't experienced it. You were 10 years old. I was 10, year old, 10 years old, and it was the 80s. We didn't know what racism it was, was. Also yeah. PG, so I'm sure that you had an easier time getting into this movie. Oh, yeah. Cocoon, The Return. Ugh. Never seen it. I no, I saw it once. I think I've seen some of Cocoon, and it's just, I don't get it. Arthur 2, On the Rocks. Oh, oh boy. I'm drunk and pole again. <laughs> <laughs> Poltergeist 3, which should have just been pulled from theaters because it was released right after Heather O'Rourke died. Oh, yeah. that's Like, right. she had died during filming. Oh. And she still she, released it. She died just, right, I think, within a couple days of... Maybe they wrapped it, but yeah, yeah, oh my god. Just goddamn morbid to have that on there. Yeah. Caddyshack 2. Ugh. This, yeah, exactly. Well, we can't get Bill Murray. Who are we going to do? Well, by well, you know, by then. Dan Aykroyd. Well, by then, everybody had sobered up and gone clean, so there's um, no point yeah. to it whatsoever. Not to mention, the original writer is dead. Yeah. But they, um, they still got Chevy Chase back. Of course they did. All right, we're going to make Caddyshack except without the Coke and the, and the alcohol. Challenge, challenge accepted. Oh, and by the way, we don't have Rodney Dangerfield, so here's Jackie Mason. <laughs> God damn it. Iron Eagle 2. I don't remember if this is the I didn't one. Know, I, didn't want, I didn't want Iron Eagle 1. Why would I want Iron Eagle 2? Mm-hmm. I can't remember if this is the one where Jason Gedrick gets killed or not. I think that was I and 3. No, uh, probably. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. I, I can just imagine how the uh, studio... Uh, studio meeting went for this one. But he was burned up at the end of uh, part two. two. He, he's dead. I, we can't bring him back. Oh, wait, wait. Druids! Druids <laughs> brought him back. That's it! No, I, I see that's the scene from Thor Ragnarok. But is he really? Yeah. <laughs> the sad thing is, I know several people in our high school, in our, in our cluster of friends, this was somebody's first date. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it wasn't mine. No, I know that. Not, no one at this table. No one at this table. I know many people. It's like, it wasn't their first date, but it was their first date with somebody. Nope. Bad idea. All right. Um, and then Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. At this point, even I gave up on the Miami Beach. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, even Gutenberg. Yeah, he gave up on this, too. Yeah, I, didn't think I, I don't think I watched 4 either, but that was just like, Mom, got to go see 4 now. 
Yeah. And then after this, I'm like, this, fuck this it. This is the first one where Goot just like, nah, I'm, I'm good with three men. I'm good. I'm good. I've got this. I, I, I'm rolling in that three men and a baby money now. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't last long. Nothing's going to stop me now. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that was the movies of 1988. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what, a, what a cornucopia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's the lots funny of highs and lots, lots of lows. lows. Exactly. There was so much great stuff on here, and stuff that we we still go back oh, and yeah. watch. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Wait till next year, though, because next year is like maybe one of the greatest summers of movies ever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But we'll talk about that a year from now when yes. we're back in Mike's Mike Mike's house talking about that. Ooh. So anyway, next episode. Oh, it's a milestone for us. It is. Yay! On August 12th, 2008, uh, myself and Mike Ciceroni rolled into what is now my son's bedroom (laughs) and recorded the very first episode of Geek Salad. That room gets hot without air conditioning. It does. Oh my god, that's when we learn things about sound quality where you cannot run AC. That's why we moved to the basement. Yeah. Um... So, August 12, 2018, we shall be releasing our 10th anniversary episode. The topic is going to be our favorite nerd moments. Not even favorite nerd moments, but like the most momentous nerd moments that happened in the last 10 years. And there's a lot. Now, there could be, it could just be a movie release, it could be a TV release, it could be a change in genre, it could just be a, a like a... A fad that happened that lasted. It could be something and, even negative. And and for big market teas, we got one of the hottest of hot takes to go over. Oh yes, yes we do. Two, so, and we also have uh, two of the most, I think, momentous uh, comic book movies ever. Well, that's what the hot takes are about. That's, that's what the hot take is about. So, oh, yeah, yeah. if you have anything that you think was an awesomely geeky thing that happened in the last ten years, that's 2008 to 2018, please email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. You can also post that on our Facebook page, which is Geek Salad Podcast. Uh, you can also let us know on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Uh, feel free to subscribe to our podcast in oh so many ways. Uh, first of all, we are available on YouTube, uh, copyright pendings. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Um, where you can listen to the audio version and stream it to your TV via Chromecast or whatever. Uh, Mike and I have also been doing our series of Best and Worst of Disney's with uh, Julie from the uh, One Little Spice podcast, which is also available on our Podbean channel, on their Podbean channel, and Mike's girlfriend, Jana, which has been a lot of fun, and we've got a couple more coming up after I come back from vacation. Yes. Uh, so if you are if you go to YouTube, it's just Geek Salad Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for more content and like our videos and comment below because we want to hear what you have to say. You can also get the podcast either at our uh, archives at geeksalad.podbean.com. You can download the Podbean app where the full archive is. You can also get us on Stitcher. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Spotify. And you can get us at the at Google Music. There are tons of places to listen to this podcast. You have no excuse. <laughs> Especially if you know us. Exactly. You have zero excuse. That's why like, it's like, how do you guys record? It's like, have you ever listened to one of our shows? So, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
business. Hell, I'll possess myself if I gotta. Whoa! Yo, I got demons running all through me. All through me. Come on down here and see it. Hey, hey Jack, now, you get a free demon possession with every exorcism. Ah, you can't beat that, can you?